Good morning. Jennifer Stone reporting for the King's Cross Sting. I've had a bit of time off over Christmas and I hope you've all had a lovely Christmas. I just think about all those missing people. I just think how it's affecting their families. One seat is empty at the table, sometimes for years, just like Juanita. 1975, she went missing. I went to town the other day just to say, pay my respects and say hello to her. I just feel it in my bones that I have to go. You know, and I knew all was safe. So I started doing some research on links. You got to keep doing the links. See, when you start doing the links, all stuff unravels. And I know when the police go into the brothel and check that the links will unravel even more at a very fast rate and we will catch many thugs that have been doing murder to become a drug dealer. Over the past years, I have wondered to myself, how will this end? What will happen? But Mr Tarot told me in the beginning, I will finish it on my own. And I believe I have come to that time in life. So I know it may not be long now, but we still have to look at the links. So the Blue Boar Inn, it was a hotel that came up in the Ivan Malat murders, the backpackers, Caroline Waters. And the DNA did not match Ivan. And the hair did not match Ivan. So you started to think, well, could it be another person? So I go back to the Blue Boar Inn. And I walked around. I absorbed the moment because I wanted the spirits to come out and thump me and tell me, which way to turn, which way to look? Who did I need to find the DNA? Now, DNA is precision to family lines. So the DNA may match, you know, the weaker it matches, the more it could be in a family as a cousin or um, things like that. But we still have a family line. And we've got to remember that the bloodline of the drug network was declared in the Woods Royal Commission. So we know that there is bloodlines of drug dealers. So we go through the Blue Boar Inn. It's not called the Blue Boar Inn now. It's a little old pub with open fireplaces, polished floorboards, pool tables and a gaming room. There's a restaurant and it's been returned to its former name, the Royal Hotel. So I started to think, would the spirits come? I had to just think. You know, stop and listen 
and start to realise that if I can actually figure this out, why can't the police? I wasn't doing anything that they weren't doing. I was observing in very minute details. Some say it's psychic, but no, police don't look at psychics. They look for details. So the original hotel was built on site 1870 and it was originally named the Royal Hotel. Now, over the period of times, it's had several changes, including the Blue Boar Inn. And it was the Blue Boar Inn in the time frame of the backpacker murders to King's Cross. So it's interesting. So it's the southern end of the town and it's provided an attractive entry point for visitors to Bowel. Now remember, the backpackers were on their way. They had left. So we'll just go through a bit more. So there was a, an investigator, Brian Raven. He's since died. Uh, Raven was a investigator. Years ago, his body was found in his home in mysterious circumstances. He'd been dead some weeks. He set up a website regarding the evidence against Ivan Malat. This is Brian's take. So between the 29th of December 1989 and April 1992, seven young hitchhikers disappeared off the Hume Highway as they travelled to destinations Australia-wide. Three sets of couples were from as far afield as Germany and the UK and one set were Australians attending an environmental rally in the border town of Albury. Now, there were two girls. The last disappearances travelled together on the 25th of January 1990. And a UK hitchhiker was picked up at Kashula after departing a train station at Liverpool. So the route was the Hume Highway. And it snaked past the Southern Highlands. Now, we know the... Ivan Malak murders, Ivan's now dead, died of cancer, having spent so long in prison. And remember the DNA to the hair that was found with Caroline did not match Ivan. So we have DNA to match up to. Now that allows, if the DNA comes back or gets tested at any time, and cross-matched with this case, we will expose a murderer. Now, within all these crimes, there were many people involved, I believe. Because in the crimes I have followed, there's been many people that have done little things. And by doing little things, they stay hidden. But they're never forgotten by the person who died. They become a target, 
as we walk with the victims down to expose what's happened. The arrest of Ivan Malat for the Paul Onions offence took place on the 22nd of May 1994. So his house was searched and they found a whole heap of backpacks and sleeping bags and guns. But, you know, those sleeping bags were found to be linked to the Malat family. Now, that didn't come up in the news. You know, they made out that what they showed in court were brand new sleeping bags. But these were well-worn sleeping bags. So you got to start and get some, some understanding that some of this information that was being fed to the court was just a story. And remember, the Crown sends a story to the jury. Now, whoever tells the best story actually get their client off or they get the person convicted. Ivan got convicted. So you go through the little pieces of the information. There was knowledge of Belangelo State Forest was essential for the killers to operate with confidence. Remember, this in investigator Ravon thought they were killers. So the patterns within the murders didn't seem to fit together. So he still had questions. And many of those questions were linked to Task Force Air. So one victim, Simone Chanel, was abducted from Albury and then taken back to Belangelo. Caroline Clark and Julie Walters were taken by the gang after they had been alerted that they, Clark and Walters, had a drink with one of the members of the gang at a hotel in Barrel. Allegedly, that hotel was the Blue Boar Inn. So Caroline Clark and Julie Waters. Now they were the two that linked into King's Cross. Uh, well, many of them did. The German couple did too. Um, but they also linked to Porky's, the brothel. So if they were in one brothel, they could have been in a, the other brothel. Because remember, all the gang in King's Cross is the one gang. So there was an Alex Malat statement. At Easter 1992, Ivan's brother Alex contacted Barrel Police, reporting he had observed and believed to be suspicious. He stated he had seen two vehicles entering the Belangelo Forest containing as many as seven men and two women. His statement was not treated as serious enough to warrant an immediate investigation. Later, after the discoveries of the bodies, Task Force Air also discredited Alex's statement. This is Alex Malat, Ivan Malat's brother. Alex strongly believes the girls he saw were Clark and Walters. Sightings of these victims would become an unusual part 
of the trial of the lamb. See, it wasn't fitting together. And that's why Raven was working on it. Now, was this a reason why Raven was murdered? Allegedly murdered. Could have been murdered. You do start to wonder. Because wherever the questions come, then it exposes more. So Alex Millat had identified two vehicles similar to many he had seen in the area over some time. He'd seen one of the vehicles before at Easter siding, he was disbelieved without good cause. I just had to figure out a bit about Brian Raven. So Brian Raven never used drugs by what people reported and he was exposing the corruption within the Ivan Malak case. Well, he may be exposing the corruption, but he was also bringing up questions about a DNA that did not match Ivan Malak's. And he lived on his own. They found him dead in his flat, overdosed on heroin. Yes, a hot shot. So either the heroin may have had allegedly fentanyl or could have been a very strong dose of heroin, um, so that might mean that the person was forced to take it. So who would do that? Someone who may have been implemented? So Brian knew people in the know and heard that Paul Onions came over and couldn't even identify allegedly Ivan. He was told what to say. Now, was that right? Really, was that right? Well, Paul Onions actually received um, compensation from the New South Wales government and years later returned the money. Now, that is of interest, I thought. So the first description Paul Onions gave, he said the guy had sunglasses on and his statement four years later, he said he didn't have glasses. He said the guy had nicotine stains on his hands. Well, Ivan didn't drink or smoke. So whoever did Brian Raven was a link to heroin. And it's the line of the poppies. The heroin. That's the opium lines that were back in the 1700s and 1800s. It's continued on. So that links to allegedly the mafia. So we should, when the brothels search, find some information on this. Uh, he said there was a spare wheel on the rear because he could not get his bag in. So he put it in the front. Well, in court, he was called a liar because there was none, no spare wheel on Ivan's. So we now know that the four-wheel drive had a spare wheel on the back. So that was different to Ivan's. So who was it? Who was driving it? And was this the same person linking to Caroline? You don't know. And would the person have a gun with them? Well, that's a possibility in a country town. 
you know, if you're in a business where you've got lots of thugs, you've got plenty of money and cash, people might have had a gun. So we start to think. There was a spare wheel in the back as well, but to be called a liar. Wow. So we're bringing up some information. I've read Brian Raven before and I have linked in, but then I hadn't re I had linked to the Blue Boar Inn. But then over the last couple of days and I've been absorbed by it, I started to see links to an allegedly another murder. Well the murder the the girl went to the Blue Boar Inn. So both of them went three girls went to the Blue Boar Inn. And those three girls turned up murdered. So you do start to think. So Mr Brian Raven, he sent his information in. The reference number is 5833-4. So the letter was on the 20th of March 2000 to the Police Integrity Commission. And that was to do with serious police um, misconduct. So he thought Task Force Air had missed something. And that was something that he was exposing. So he never used drugs, but he turned up dead. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I started to think the blue boring. There was more to this. More to it at all. So I had to go through about the links to Caroline Clark. So there was seminal DNA found on Caroline Clark. And the skin and hair found under Joanne Waters' fingernails did not match Ivan's DNA. Now, did they match each other to the same person or were they two different people? And were these two people related? Now, that is a question that I've just come up with in the last couple of days and haven't been able to figure that out. But I have sent an email to the police. To another case and you start to think well why they were at the blue boring and people just didn't link it the task force air didn't look for any DNA samples there you know they were looking for a murderer so if the girls were at the blue boring they left but who did they leave with? And they went off for a party. Was that the norm for more? Was that something that people did? And you started to think, well, is that right? Remember, not all the victims were found in the same spot. Some of the victims, they said that there had been beer bottles and cigarettes. 
And I've heard quite a small talk about the length of time to do with how many cigarettes and the beer bottles. But that could have been a bit of a party. And you've got to remember that these girls, by the reports I have been able to work out, because I'm, I was contacted by a girl that worked at Love Machine that got a ring off one of these girls before she left King's Cross. And she told me, that they would be in Porky's at times. So Porky's in King's Cross was a gentleman's club. It was a brothel. Really, it was a brothel. There was a bit of a strict club downstairs, but all intents and purposes, it was for the brothel. It was for money. And Frank Amati and his son, Michael Amati, the night I went in, they would watch the monitors closely. And I joked about this, that they were making sure that only their dealers were working. And then when I started to look at the drug network differently, I realised that the guys would move the drugs, the bigger part of the drugs, but the working girls would move the small quantities to the clients. And the money they'd put in their bags and walk out with, and who would meet them? Their guy. But it was really their pimp. But they thought this guy cared for them, as many did. And all they were after was the money. So I did some checking. It didn't take long as we were working on stuff together. A couple of us were working on this. So I just had to get some DNA matching. Would that solve some other murders? Or was it a missing person? Remember, this brothel subfloor, they've kept trophies and a trophy is a skull and has been known to be a skull before in many other countries around the world. They'll pull it apart, but they never pulled apart the mafia. How come? Because they've never attacked it at its heart only at its heads so a person that went missing Rachel Childs 23 went missing from Bargo Hotel yes the blue boar in again on the evening of June the 7th 2001 Miss Childs partially clothed charred body was found in a shallow ditch in bushland of Crooked River Road near the town of Drewoa. On the morning of Friday the 8th of June 2001. Now, as what happened to Rachel that Friday morning, or what her movements were the night before, police knew she was supposed to meet someone at the Bargo Hotel. Her vehicle was found in the car park. So you started to think this person knew the area, knew the hotel, knew the car park, was invisible. Could he get inside the hotel and not be seen? That would be someone that would know the hotel. That would know it backwards and front. So who lived there? That's what the police needed to ask in Task Force there. 
who, who lived there. And then why wasn't their DNA checked against the backpackers that came from King's Cross? Now, Wood, so, so we know Rachel Childs was found but murdered. And there's no one has been charged for this murder. So you start to wonder whether there was any DNA, which I believe there would have been. And that DNA, I hope, will be a link. But we've got to remember that the person was well aware of the Blue Boar Hotel of the inn and how it worked and how not to be seen. It's to be someone who frequented the area or is known to a lot of people or knew what times the area would be closed. Or may have been even staying there, and the police didn't even look at him because of who he was. So there was an unsolved homicide unit formed in 2004, and they were looking at 17 cases. The unit has seen 30 cases solved, and five more are before the courts. So there were some outcomes. But remember, there's no one being charged for Rachel Childs. So we go through Rachel Childs' murdered body. She, the body of Miss Charles, 23, was found in flames by the roadside in bushland at Jeroa on the south coast on June 8, 2001. An inquest with nine persons of interest ended with an open finding. Coroner Jane Culver said the cause of death remained undetermined because of the condition of the body, but it was most likely murdered. So by burning it, hides the DNA. But what about if the DNA linked to the other backpacker murders and whether that reopens that case and that might link into this? So the Blue Boar Inn then becomes the centre of the attention. And did they DNA test all those people? I don't believe Task Force Air did. And then you start to think, well, if they DNA the people... Was there evidence on this Rachel Childs? Now, you, we could think that there'll be nothing or we can hope that there'll be a signed affidavit to say who did it in the brothel. That's a possibility. And what would that person get out of it? Would they be promoted and moved into a business? Would they be moved to another area in the state so they could hide? These are all the things that you start to go through and you start to link to the Blue Boar Inn and see who moved and then where did the murders continue. So then I started to go through some of the other cases and I've linked to the Port Macquarie area a few times in my research and it was an area where Rodney Goldie
was an area where Rodney Goldie Atkinson was living. So that's, um, I think he allegedly was in the Nomads and linked into King's Cross. But he was a person that I followed because he had Mouse, I think, was working under him. And that was a link that the police were following. And Mouse is still before the courts, so we know that he's bad. But you never know. The police may find out that he's done worse things. And I do remember the police telling me I was surrounded by murderers. Now, they, some of these people have not been found guilty of murder. So how could the police declare that? That's because the evidence. They didn't have enough proof to bring it to court? Or was it something that some person kept saying, no, we're not touching that? So we know that there was a coroner's inquest, nine persons of interest. But the person that I linked in, he wasn't one of those nine. And all we need is a DNA test. The New South Wales government has offered a reward. So that's good. If I'm proved right, eventually I'll get some money back. And the private investigation can then continue on. For some more murders, you can support us at any time. There's pages and links on our Facebook or into our podcasts. And you can help others unsolve murders, find some peace as we open and draw links from one another. So the Deputy State Coroner Jane Culver concluded the long-running inquest into the death with a finding of homicide. So Rochelle Childs' murder was a finding of homicide. Counseling assisting the coroner, Peter Singleton, said not all nine people named as person of interest at the inquest were still in that category, but did not elaborate. So who was? Among the persons of interest who appeared was Miss Child's former boss at Camden Holden. See, she had been at work and then she left. She found it was, the coroner found, it's understood that the New South Wales police will continue to investigate. She found it was likely that Miss Child's killer had driven her car to the Bargo Hotel, where it was found after she disappeared because the seat and the club lock were in unusual positions. Police remained convinced she was meeting someone to do with work the night she went missing. Now that's interesting, because many of the, the girls that go missing, they say they're meeting someone to do with work. What sort of work is it? Would that person allegedly be moving drugs? Or needed extra cash. They're things that you, it crosses your mind after you've done the King's Cross Sting for so many years. And I know we're wrapping the King's Cross Sting up and moving on to the next series. I just have a bit more to do. So Miss Charles, Mr Charles said he did not believe the different arms of the police force had coordinated well.
And this was her father. But he did not place any blame on police over the handling of the case. The only person he blamed was the murderer. So you start to think, did she pick someone up in the car park and go out? Did that person walk into the car park and not had a car? And is that why she was picking up someone she knew, a friend? But this was to do with work. But did the person say he was going to do some work? So the blue car could hold the key. But what about the position of the blue bore in and the links to three girls being murdered? So though she was... So someone was lining up so that the DNA, his DNA, her DNA was not there. But I believe it's him. Police have been unable to account for her whereabouts. From about 6.30pm June the 7th until when she was found early on June 8th. So who was she meeting? And would that person come back to the Blue Boar Inn for a reason? Or was it a place that they went to? We believe, this is what the police said, the Superintendent Cook, Scott Cook, we believe that that the Commodore may have travelled between Bargo and Jeroa, where she was found on the evening that she went missing. Rachel Childs told friends she was meeting someone at Bargo Hotel where her car was later recovered. That person has never come forward. So maybe we've got to like follow the links. So I had other unsolved cases that linked to the Port Macquarie area. Now we go back to the brothel. The real estate agent, it was only one real estate agent that Jenny Bay Bunn would deal with. But we go back to who it was there. And was that a large enough firm that had branches everywhere? Yes, it was. And at the time, I was dealing with Langan Simmons. So we start to think, well, was the person from the Blue Boring a link? to moving to another area so and linking to, you know, the same sort of real estate. Then you start to think, well, this real estate is a key position within it all. I don't know. But I have asked the police that if I'm right, that these people should be deregistered because they've hidden murder and protected it by not allowing the police just to go and have a look. You know, it's very hard this length of time on to get links. But you never know. Just the DNA may be enough. Thanks for listening. Jennifer Stone reporting. The King's Cross Sting.